This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Hello and welcome to the Bechdel cast. My name is Caitlin. My name is Jamie. I don't know. Why did I do that weird thing at the end? I don't know. I wanted to match you, though. I love... We're so on the same page. Love ya. Love you. Love ya. Well, here we are talking about women in movies. Once again. Once for again. For what, the 30th time? I mean, we've been doing it for a while. I know. I'm so proud of us. I'm, I, You know what? It is, it's a good thing for structure. It's a good thing for our friendship. It's a good thing for our friendship with Aristotle. It's a good thing for, uh, you know, Making all my... Yeah. Exactly. 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 Oh, man. Can all we my introduce our guests? I'm really excited to have you. <laughs> yes. Really? Sure can. Yeah. Oh, man. I Thanks. Like, Man, sometimes it's like when we're looking for guests for the show, we're like, okay, who's super funny? Who do we have a friend crush on? And then let's just make it so. So our guest today, she has been a writer for College Humor, MTV, Disney, and she has a show coming out on IFC, which she is the star and creator of (laughs) called Neurotica, Jenny Jaffe. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. I can't tell you how many times I've considered starting a podcast with the express purpose of making friends in L.A., and I I think that's kind of a hacky move, but at the same time... But it does work. It does. So far, so good. I mean, everybody out here, like, just wants to be on podcasts, right? I mean, I, well, the thing that, man, I've been having a rough week with Los Angeles, the city that I'm still not sure if I like or not, Mm -hmm. where it's just, everyone's always around, you know, like everyone's like, oh, I can do a podcast at 2 p.m. because no one, so few people have regular jobs. I think that's why I have, I'm not making the friends though, is because all the people I would be friends with are doing shows at night, which is the only time I'm free. Right. Because you've got, you have a day job. Right. Right. So, or the other thing is I'll be like, come by and get lunch at the studio or something. Like Mm -hmm. that's the only other way I can... Well, you should go see anyone. You can go to those shows that the people are on and then be like, hey, I I thought you were funny. That's true. I'm a very bad comedy audience, though. Yeah, and then you have to go to a show. (laughs) That's the problem. I like, and I do like going to 
to shows. I obviously yeah. like I like comedy a whole lot, but the problem is like if I don't like something, I have absolutely no ability to pretend that I do. Perfect. It yeah. is all over my face, and if it's a new friendship <laughs> and I don't think they're funny, I won't be able to hide it. Yeah. It's something I need to work on, really. I just don't have a poker face. Man, I mean, but that's a good problem to have. You're, yeah, also you're the, honest. There's also just more bad comedy shows in the world than there are good comedy shows. Oh, boy. That mm-hmm. is true. You really do roll the dice. You yeah. Every single, I started doing comedy so that I would stop hiding from people. And then I, I so I would have to be around people uh, at night because I, I'm not a killing. I don't know if you know, know this about me. I'm not a party gal. What? I don't go to parties. I think the one time I showed up at a party, you were bowled over. And I was too, and I left pretty quickly. The secret to parties is if you come for 20 minutes, people will remember that you're there, and they'll never remember that you left. Exactly, exactly. And you, oh man, Caitlin's better at parties than I am. I don't... I, I just can't. I'm a social butterfly. I'm you, but like, but you're you're good at it. You you do a good job. Thank you. Sometimes I'll show up and then it's like, but now I'm not talking to anybody. We should talk about the movie. Yeah. That we're here to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We watched it together this week. Yes, we're fun. watching more and more movies together. I love That's it. So nice. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It was fun. Aristotle couldn't make it to this one. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Have you seen this movie though, Aristotle? Oh, good. Okay, he's giving yeah. a big nod. Yeah. That was an emphatic nod. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about Mean Girls. Uh, Jenny, when did you first see the movie? It came out when I was 14, which was like the perfect, perfect. age. Perfect, yeah. And um, my class in middle and high school, I went to school with basically the same kids for seven years, was notorious for being a class of very mean girls. Really? Yeah, in seventh grade, one girl told all the rest of the other girls not to talk to me for a year, and they all listened. Oh, my God. Yeah, I no, I had some, like, horrible bullying stories, and she asked me to, like, retweet her Kickstarter at one point, so we're all good. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Maybe I should. No. No, nobody's listening. Um, we have millions of listeners on our podcast. <laughs> Including everyone's high. Yeah, we have a big uh, high school bully following. This, yeah. is, this is all to say that, like, so when it came out in eighth grade, like one of the moms of one of the girls like sent out an email being like, we should all go see this movie. Like all the girls should go see this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think I like didn't go because I was too nervous to be around sure. those girls any more than I had to be. So it was a very timely movie for me. And here's like maybe the thing I remember most about it is that when I went to go see it, it was the first time uh, I had seen the Fandango Bollywood bag puppet ad. Do you guys remember yeah. this? Yeah. And it was the hardest I think I've ever laughed at anything. I was like, this is so funny. This is comedy. And this is what this is what it means to be a comedian. So I laughed about that through like half the movie, which is a great movie and it's super funny anyway. But like for some reason just the ba- the fact they were bag puppets. Yeah. Was very appealing. I really liked it. Yeah, I remember but that's what I remember about about the actual viewing experience. Fond memes. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see this movie in theaters. I think I, told, I so I was eleven when this movie came out, and um, all the moms at our church youth group they they were like, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna teach the girls to respect each other," you know, and all this stuff. And I didn't. I, I was sort of fortunate to go to a, a high school. Middle school was tough for me because I wore a back brace, and so you know, there's no getting around that. 
But high school, my high school was so huge that bullying wasn't really a problem because you could, you know, someone might bully you a single time and then you wouldn't see them for weeks. Wow. And then they would forget because there were 6,000 kids there. Holy shit. Oh, uh, that's, I had 140 kids. Yeah, the smaller the high school, it's the worse it is. But yeah, I just didn't know most of the kids at my high school and they had no idea who I was. So even if it was like, oh, back brace girl, but then, you know. It was new for them every time. <laughs> they were just like, who's this freak? A and different then, back brace girl. <laughs> yeah. How many back brace freaks go to this school? <laughs> uh, so it was, it was fine. And we were sorted into buildings like Harry Potter. Whoa. And that's a true thing about my high school. You, really? There are four different buildings. And you got put in one your freshman year at random. No sorting ceremony. What was yours called? What I was your... in the Azure building. Where did you go to high school? I went to high school in Brockton, Massachusetts. It's a shithole in southern Massachusetts. And there was the red, yellow, green, and Azure for some reason, not blue, Azure. <laughs> and the stereotypes were like Azure was for like brainy losers and red was for so like, Ravenclaw. Yeah, well red for, red was like well adjusted, cool people. Gryffindors, yeah. Uh, yellow was for like idiots and uh puff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and then green was for the rest. Slytherin. Uh, yeah. Wow, that's really amazing how, how that, that works out. It all it did was affect your cafeteria and like where you ate and had homeroom, mm-hmm. but um, you were you were sorted. Anyways, I saw this movie when I was eleven with my church group. I think I was a little bit too young for it then, but I liked it. I wish I'd seen it in theaters though. I don't remember if I saw it in theaters or not, but it came out like a couple weeks before I graduated high school, mm-hmm. and I don't remember if I saw it right away or if it was maybe within the next like year after that, but I saw it pretty soon after it came out, and then I was like, oh my god, this is the best movie ever, and then I bought it on DVD, and <laughs> then everyone else was like, this is the best movie ever, and then I was like... Well, fine. And then I... <laughs> Caitlin's not like forgot. the other girls. <laughs> and then I forgot about it, kind of. Or I, I sort of outgrew it. And now I have some thoughts, which we will talk oh, about. Oh, you're not a fan? Not anymore, I don't really? think. Really? I wasn't getting that read from you when we were watching it. Well, I'm very difficult to read it. Unlike you, oh Jenny, God. I have a very good poker face. <laughs> <laughs> You've got exclusively a poker face. Yeah, and that I don't emote any emotions. I'm just a weird robot. I am Caitlin, the robot. I over-emote. I know, we need to balance each other out. I, know. I wish we could like hold hands and like some of your emotions could leach into my body. I would love for you to take some. <laughs> There's too many! And I don't have enough. So anyway, how about the recap? Let's do it. So Mean Girls focuses on a character named Katie Heron, played by Lindsay Lohan. She moves to a new school in Michigan where she's going to go to it's school an, for the first time. It's in Evanston, isn't it? Oh, Mi- yeah. oh sorry, sorry, sorry. Illinois. 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 Yeah. My bad. Evanston's a, a cool little place. Yeah, it is mm-hmm. a cool place. Yeah. I did the Northwestern College program. I got to be there for a summer, and the coolest thing about it to me was that it was where Katie Heron lived. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I'm dumb at states. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so she moves to a new school and she has never been to like public school before. She's only been homeschooled because her parents were research zoologists in Africa. So she's like, oh, my God, I'm in a new school. I don't know how to be a person. So she meets a couple friends, Janice Ian and Damien, and they're like, we're going to be friends with you and we're going to teach you the lay of the land. And then she meets the Plastics, which is this group of three 
young women who are mean girls. Hey, that's the name of the movie. Yep. And Janice has some beef with the, the queen bee of the plastics, Regina George. Regina, like, sort of takes a liking to Katie. So Janice is like, hey, you should, like, hang out with Regina and pretend to, like, be her friend. And then we can, like, dish on all the stupid stuff that they say. But things get a little out of hand. Katie sort of becomes one of the plastics herself. And then she has some lessons to learn, some friendships to repair. There's a boy that she has a crush on. Aaron and Samuels. Aaron Samuels. Mm. That was that's where the October fourth joke comes from, right? Or is it October fourteenth? Fourteenth, because the other Lindsay Lohan October thing is your October birthday's 11th. on October eleventh. My birthday's on October eleventh, and then they put the picture together. We should do oh, that. that movie. The, <laughs> the parent trap. Yeah, <laughs> Hallie. We're like sisters. Oh my god! We're like twins, <laughs> and then they cry and hug. Oh my god! That gosh. movie definitely passes the Bechdel test. That movie, yeah, with <laughs> flying colors, uh, Lindsay Lohan and herself have a million. <laughs> Does scenes. it count though? If it's the same woman talking yes. to herself, though, it does. And then there's Chessie. Well, there's also Chessie, yeah. Uh-huh. Just Chessie's awesome, and then Natasha Richardson is a is goddess. Dennis Quaid in it? Mm-hmm. He's yes. her dad, and then there's um. Meredith. Meredith is supposed to be 26 in it, which is which makes me upset. That is crazy. Ah, she was does old lady. Mean, does that mean we can date Dennis Quaid? <laughs> does this mean? Does that? I've is that a been sliding scale? Dennis Quaid. I've been so. dating Randy Quaid. <laughs> I want to be Quaid and Jason. Mm, sure, sure, sure. So yeah, that's oh, pretty much the story. Oh, I just got sucked up in Parent Trap 98. <laughs> so right. good. Oh yeah. Well. Uh, going back to Mean Girls. Um, so yeah, Katie, she becomes a mean girl herself. And then Miss Norberry, a.k.a. Tina Fey, is like, you guys have to learn how to be better to each other. And then everyone sort of makes up at the end. And there's a spring fling dance. There's a mathlete competition. Regina George is hit by a bus. Mm, by the way. And one of my favorite plot twists. Yeah. Oh, so I out of nowhere suffer that stupid thing. I do like that they got away with it. Did like what a crazy thing to have to be like and then she gets hit by a bus mm-hmm. and they were like you know what we're, we're gonna trust you with this one yeah <laughs> it just feels like a prank that uh someone got away with mm-hmm. presumably tina fey right by the way i was a mathlete in high school Kaylin, did you have a jacket <laughs> i didn't have a jacket oh. we only did i think like two or three competitions that i was a part of um I don't but think we had mathletes at my school well, your school might have been cooler than mine. Maybe. Maybe. It was kind of like Hogwarts. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did you have a, a headmaster named Dumbledore? We had, well, the, the, no, we had a principal named Dr. Zakowitz. Same thing. She was pretty cool. Cool. Oh, I like that she was a woman. Yeah. Great. Yeah, and her husband was a history teacher. So she had a very nice beta husband who was like, my wife is dope. Good role models. I love a good beta husband. I love beta males <laughs> give me where are they yeah they're everywhere but they're just quiet mine's downstairs you gotta find them your beta males downstairs man i think that i've skewed two alpha recently and i've really i've got to be like where you, you gotta be sneaky uh-huh. you gotta sneak up on them <laughs> they spook easy but, <laughs> <laughs> but if you bring your net you'll be okay you can trap them you can do it <laughs> and then you say okay now i'm gonna fix you yeah yeah <laughs> Anyway, that's the <laughs> the story of Mean Girls. Let me just start by saying that I have 
conflict. Okay, so it's not that I hate the movie, but I definitely don't think it's aged well, and I think it's pretty problematic. And I'm exper- I experience it the same way that I experienced Heather's, which we talked about on an earlier episode, where it's like, okay, great, it's a movie about women, but a lot of them hate each other and they say horrible things to each other and it portrays women in this like very catty competitive way where they're really mean and awful to each other and i just want everyone to get along i just want a movie where everyone gets along and there's no conflict no i'm kidding like that was very much my experience of the women i knew when i was sort of in my early teens is that it is very competitive people don't get along like it was and i don't think that's the case necessarily i think that it's a bad stereotype about women that that's how it always is and that i think as you get older i think that you start to realize like oh like these are my allies and these are like the people who i care about and like some of the competition dies down and then i think it's like what happens is you realize that you've been pitted against each other at some point Mm -hmm. right and then you're like oh fuck all y'all I'm going to be with women. Right. <laughs> Men like, are going to have to earn my trust, not the other way around. Together. Yeah. And like that was what happened to me was like I felt like there were a bunch of women that I felt really distant from. And I was like, oh, it's because like the men in my life are douchebags. And um, I think that's sort of what happens at some point is you like realize how much a society mm-hmm. is built on making you feel competitive with other women. Sure. Especially when you're in like the industry and, and stuff. Yeah. I mean, where there's days where it still feels that way. And I don't know. I, I I guess for me, this is sort of like portraying, like, I think it's a pretty, you know, it's it's obviously, it's a movie, but it, in terms of portraying something sort of close to what it could actually look like in real life is important to, to get people to relate. Because I feel like if we, if we just have a movie where, you know, like women are totally supporting each other and getting along. Um, Doesn't make for an interesting movie. Not one. that interesting. But then also, uh, like, I don't know, like if it was a movie about teenage boys not getting along would we have a problem with it probably not i don't know i i'm sort of i've got a specific piece stuck in my head right now that i read this morning uh, in harper's bazaar by jennifer wright who's a writer i really like about how like the idea of feminism is getting conflated with all women having to like each other and what a stepford wivesy kind of environment that that encourages where it's like you don't have to like other women you can think other women are stupid and wrong and you know the way you could think men are stupid and wrong you just need to respect them on a basic level believe that they have the same rights that you do and you're still like i don't know like being being a woman who's a feminist doesn't mean that you can't have a negative opinion of another woman especially if what they're doing sucks like to you uh, or doesn't match up with with your values or whatever. So that's I haven't like fully processed it, but it's yeah. something that I was thinking about in relation to this movie. Of like, it makes sense that a lot of the characters in this movie wouldn't would be pitted against each other. Sure, and, and yeah, I, I don't think it's like portraying anything unrealistic or things that don't happen because yeah, these things like a lot of women this age do treat each other this way. There's no doubt about it. Could we argue that? Maybe one of the reasons that, like, women feel that they're pitted against each other or that they feel they needed to be competitive and mean to each other are movies like this that perpetuate the stereotype. Could we argue that? Maybe not. Maybe so. I don't know. I don't know. Let's talk about it. Yeah. 
Well, when you guys saw this movie for the first time, which character resonated with you the most? I would say probably uh, Janice Ian. Yeah, me too, I think, uh, of the sort of othered I was the person. girl who said that Regina George punched her in the face. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, the thing is, like, I wasn't even at a level where I thought I could even try to be popular. Like, you know what I mean? Like, nor would I want to. Like, I just wanted to die for most of high school. But that's like, a right. thing. that's this whole separate story. Like, I just did. But it wasn't like a motivating factor for me. Sure. But I really liked this I guess idea of like a world where there was redemption possible for totally. whatever this was, or there was some way to heal or through like my high school. Like it was weird. Cause like I went through all of high school where I was like, yeah, all the movies are correct. Like this high school is like terrible. And there's like a couple of kids who are like ridiculously popular and attractive and all this stuff. Like that's how every high school is. I don't have friends. That's normal. And then I got out of my, I went to a very small, very preppy high school. Like, we got mentioned on the OC. Like, that's the level of preppy that my <laughs> high school was. And because um, we were known for having cocaine dealers. Like, we were really... You went to a coke high school? Really preppy, <laughs> really rich. Like, really... What area? I grew up in Silicon Valley. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I hated my high school. I hated high school. Mm-hmm. But I, I also, like, to be fair, don't know I would have liked any high school. Because I was just going through a lot of issues at the time. Sure. <laughs> but... Like, when I graduated and like, talked to people who had gone to anywhere fucking else but my high school, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I only thought my high school was normal because high schools on TV seemed like that, too. Like, because, like, interesting. Okay. So there is an aspect of it to, that I think might be reinforcing, but it was also really reflective of my experience, mm-hmm. which was, like, the weirdest little insular bubble. I think, I mean, part of the reason this movie I don't think has ever bothered me is because I don't think I've ever seen a movie that reminded me of my high school experience. Including this one? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so for me, it's like uh, entertainment, high school and entertainment and high school in the way I experienced it, which wasn't great. And it wasn't, you know, there was a lot of problems, but it's just, it just seemed so separate that it never even like I don't even think I really tried to relate with it that much because I was I was like oh well you know this it everyone knows each other at this high school so I'm like hey here's the thing here's the thing about my uh, about uh, Mean Girls and my high school experience that's totally separate but maybe Hit maybe it. interesting so when I was in high school. I, oh, I should have mentioned in like my credit. So I founded a mental health nonprofit, and I spent two years out of the comedy world, sort of like doing that. Oh, that's great. wonderful! And I have talked a lot about my mental health stuff and that sort of thing. But one thing was in high school, I was in really intense um, exposure therapy for this like all-encompassing fear of throwing up. No kidding. And part of this therapy was that they handed me a list at the beginning of the thing where I had to watch movies that included scenes of somebody throwing up. Guess what? Mean Girls has twice oh, is wow. mention of vomit and I know exactly where it is because I always get nervous when that part comes on even to this day just because like it's like a <laughs> old reaction sure but so I watched Mean Girls a lot because it was a movie I loved that also had a scene with puking in it right because Katie mm-hmm. throws up on like Aaron Samuel's lap right which is like a really tough scene for me yeah. for like lots of reasons but like yeah so that's an interesting sort of I know so I know like where every movie that's fascinating has yeah. a puke scene <laughs> I had to mentally clock it and to things I hate about you has one too, which is another movie that I had mentioned mm, right. loving at this age. Yeah. Um, My most memorable puke scene is from T 
Team America World Police. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. With the puppet just, yeah. That's yeah. Exposure therapy is man. We should we should talk about that off because I I went through exposure therapy last year. And we should definitely talk about this. Yeah, it's holy fuck. Like I still man, what a what a fun adventure. Maybe I need exposure therapy for feelings because I'm so afraid of them. <laughs> I mean, mm. it, just regular therapy is the best thing for that. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Everyone should be in therapy. I agree. I finally got uh, insurance back. It takes six months through the Animation Guild, working in the Animation Guild to get insurance through them, which is crazy. I'm um, just starting. so Monday it kicked in. <laughs> Congratulations! I I am just starting on Medicaid. Unfortunately for my therapist, because I whatever, like I, I met him like in the ER, and he was like, "I am yours now." <laughs> <laughs> like diagnosed me with OCD and bipolar and all this stuff I really needed and didn't know. And so now I'm like, I don't, I never want to leave him because I feel like you saved my life. But also, no insurance covers him. So mm. it's just this thing where the American health system is uh, terrible and steadily getting worse. And what are you going to do? I'm never going to leave them. I'll go into debt. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I think that therapy should be free the way that, like, you can get free books at the library. I don't know why that's not just a social service that we have. Because we don't value uh, mental health on the oh, same right, level that's as why. physical health. Yep. Right. And we barely value physical health. Yes, <laughs> not same. very physical much. Especially, not- oh, are you a woman? Do you have a pre-existing condition? Too bad. Go and die. That's what the Republicans say. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Okay, wait. Let's go. Let's go back. Yeah. <laughs> mean Girls. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, a few things. One of the few reasons this movie does not hold up very well. The word "retarded" gets said three different times. Mm-hmm. So that's like, ooh. That's a very oh four. I mean, that's that's another thing where I'm in no way justifying that. But if we're kicking it to 04, that, I mean, at least in my experience, that was dropped quite a bit yeah. in pop culture and in my middle school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty remarkable the amount of uh, sensitivity we have acquired as a culture since the Bush administration. And, yeah. like, it's I know it's, like, dropped off precipitously with the rise of actual fucking Nazis, but, like... There is also, it's pretty, it's cool. Like, legitimately, there are a lot of kind of like weird gender jokes and stuff in this movie that I don't think would have been made now. Oh, yeah. Well, I no. mean, whenever like Janice is going through the cafeteria and being like, here's where all the clicks sit. And she's like, this is where the girls who eat their feelings sit. And here's where the girls who don't eat anything. Basically, like body shaming women mental illness shaming other women and then like ah, all these different like racial stereotypes there's, and- yeah there's a lot of jokes about asian people there's mm-hmm. uh there's gay jokes at damien's expense like there's a lot of yeah stuff i would need to it's a hard thing because and I, i'm not trying to say that any of this is like okay but that if we're talking about how people talk about each other in high school that doesn't that's not incredibly unusual true or i think of some of the the words that were thrown at me in high school and it's like well you know this movie is only what pg-13 so you couldn't say hey there's the girl with the elbow up her asshole that, <laughs> yeah i got a lot forget. of um never forget i got a lot Ooh. of lesbo and i was like yeah well, you're half right <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, just, you know, it's like, um, I think just stuff that it's partially 2004 
and it's partially stuff that just kids in high school say. And then, like, there's a tiny part that's problematic fave Tina Fey, who I yeah. uh, love, even though I think she has some really huge blind spots when it comes to especially talking about uh, race. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I think she has net put more good into the world than bad. Totally. But really, really tough listening to her defend certain choices she's made and things she's written. And mm-hmm. The Native American storyline in Kim That's Schmidt. exactly oh, what I'm talking that's about. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking about, too. Well, so, I think her character, Miss Norberry, is poised as being, like, this wise woman who, like, she she's an ally and she's going to give you all the answers on how to treat each other better as women but I would argue that she is the most problematic character of them all and let me explain why. Go for it. There's a few scenes where she is talking to a character usually Katie and being like hey here's a reason that you should do this and the reasons are always problematic. For example she's trying to get Katie to join the mathletes and she's like yeah we'd love to have a girl on the team so that the team could meet a girl not because women need to be represented in mathematics, not because it would be good for Katie or because she's good at math. Really quick, it's, uh, women in STEM. Women in STEM, exactly. Yeah. Um, but it's so that the boys on the team could have a, a chance to interact with a woman. That was her reasoning for Katie I joining the math. I felt like though, she right? was joking because she's a female math teacher. Like, surely she has. Yes, but then it keeps happening. Another scene, whenever she's like, you girls, toward the end when they're all in the gymnasium. Mm-hmm. You've got to stop calling each other sluts and whores because that just makes it okay for guys to call you sluts and whores. But, like, she's all, so the reason she's giving is always, like, how these women, like, their experiences related to, to men. Because she doesn't say, oh, it's because slut shaming is wrong and you should, like, be building each other up rather than tearing each other down. Like, she, mm-hmm. there's that. And then finally, during the math league competition, whenever their two teams are about to uh, go up against each other, Miss Norberry goes up to Katie and is like, you can do this. There's nothing to break your focus because not one of those Marymount boys is cute. Again, bringing her experience back to like how it relates to men. She didn't say, oh, you can do this because you're good at math or because you've prepared a lot for this. Like, it just bothered me that all the reasons she kept giving for different things were like, it's how it, it's how your experience relates to men in some way. Right. So it bothered me I uh, yeah i i get but that. maybe i'm being nitpicky no i I, I think th- that those are valid points um i don't know i mean the thing that the thing that always bothers me about especially like mid-aughts tina fey characters early Liz lemon is just like tfa stop pretending that you look like shit you don't look like shit you look great stop mm-hmm. it like the whole the whole for where she's like i'm not that cute i know i do math i'm not that cute. And it's like you're beautiful yeah calm down um I don't know. A lot of what she said, uh, for sure, is in reference to men, but I, but also seemed clearly communicated as a joke or a lead into a visual, like the Marymount Boys. And it cuts to. A well, I thought that in particular was because Katie had broken her focus through the whole s- semester because of Aaron Samuels. So I thought That's that true, in particular yeah. was just her saying, like, yeah. "Well, you don't got an Aaron Samuels here, so right. go like." <laughs> And her character dealt with that that the Aaron Samuels thing pretty well, yeah. In terms of calling her out, or the, you know, the scene where she's like, "Well, it's weird because all your work is correct, but only the answers." Oh, are and she's wrong. like, "You don't have to dumb yourself down to 
like impress guys. Impress a guy. Yeah. 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 I mean, she still is the most problematic character. Like she right off the bat assumes that the black girl in class is a uh, yes, right. who is from Michigan. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Maybe that's is, where I'm uh, from. Is the African girl? But yeah, I'm not saying I don't think your reads are wrong. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Again, I think in the context of the movie, they're not like the most problematic things about the movie, even though the movie does have a lot of problematic things. Yeah. I mean, doing this podcast has basically ruined me. I'm now like, <laughs> like, oh, this movie isn't fucking perfect. Like, I could be more. It's ripping off a band-aid a lot. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's, I mean, I think this is like one of the places that we've come to. And like, I don't even know that slut shaming was a concept in 2004 that people were familiar I don't, with. It, it, I don't think we gave it a name, at least. I mean, it was happening, but we weren't, like, identifying it as, like, oh, this is what there you're doing. There were sluts, but there was not the concept of shaming yet. Well, people were slut-shaming, but we didn't have a, we didn't have a word for it. And there we, wasn't We language. weren't saying, like, you shouldn't do this because that's problematic. Right. What, 2004, I was getting slut-shamed every day. <laughs> I'm kidding. I was like, really? <laughs> I don't know what, like, the closest to perfect in that regard movie is i'd be interested to try and because i think every movie has a pretty huge blind spot because every person has a pretty huge blind spot Mm -hmm. and they're like everybody messes up and the only thing anybody can do is when they mess up and when they're like oh wow i didn't even think about this blind spot that i had you're right and i will do better in the future and like then you just keep learning and that's a place where i think tina Fey's failed a little bit but everybody gets to have a problematic fave i think and yeah i think yeah. She's she, she she's wrote a good the movie one. she's a good one <laughs> she's a good tina fey at least we have a women writer for this movie and it, uh, tina fey wrote it and then she adapted it from the book by rosalind wiseman mm-hmm. which is such a cheesy book but i've I never read it, it. Uh, queen bees and wannabes we that was a part of the whole church group deals y'all so i had to read the book with your mom <laughs> Uh, I remember, like, I feel like there was a lot of stuff like that where my mom was reading a lot of books like that. And I don't know how much they really helped her because, like, the real issue for me in high school was mostly just making sure I didn't kill myself. So, like, I don't know how many, much any of those books ended up factoring into how she dealt with me. <laughs> right. But, like, I do know she... Or, like, she watched, like, the movie, like, 13 and stuff. And I'm like, oh. I'm not going to lose my virginity for a solid seven years so right. you're you're cool <laughs> let's shift the focus a right little. yeah my mom didn't i don't know i think my mom was sort of just like well i realize things don't look too good <laughs> but i my mom what she tried to do actually which is kind of antithetical to the whole mean girls church group thing was my mom actively tried to steer me into what she was in high school, which was a popular, well-liked gal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I'd really have to, to, to dig deep to figure out how I feel about it. But I, I guess that she did that with a small degree of success where I, my, you know, my interests were reading and playing the oboe and I did ballet dancing, but usually I was wearing a back brace. And then hmm. my mom started being like, oh, you should join the drama club you know you should join the dance team you should do this you should do this and she pushed me in a more conventional direction which i wish she hadn't done but also at the time i listened so i guess what i'm saying is my mom is my problematic fame (laughs) (laughs) she's yeah it's it's weird because and then you think like the generation before us was was influenced by all this shit as well and i don't know what the mean girls for their generate that it just didn't exist rizzo oh true True. like pink ladies yeah i don't from greece i need to rewatch that 
Yeah. But I hate musicals. There's... Oh, wow. <gasps> Ex- hold on one second. Stop Let me just that. chug the rest of this. Okay. Stop that right I now. I hate musicals. And Let's I turn. hate the lift from Dirty Dancing. That's right. I hate it all. Joel Schumacher directed Femme of the Opera 2004. And I it's hate a it. terrible okay. adaptation. Oh, but it's It's also okay. a terrible musical. But I love <gasps> it. It's good. I will have the Phantom <laughs> talk with you, like, any time. Please. Okay, yes, It's yes, very yes. bad. It is mostly a movie about how to run an opera house poorly. <laughs> yeah. And then it has a couple of what scenes of fake. a big <laughs> oh my god wait are we yeah <laughs> we should talk about it spam me these unending trials <laughs> i'm leaving i quit i don't want to be here yes oh and i enjoy patrick wilson's interpretation of raul i do too i think he's underrated it's like wow christine do you want to marry the ugly murderer rapist or the handsome nice guy Who's actually a good actor. Who is actually a solid actor and can sing. And she's still like, oh, this is... Gerard Butler cannot hit the top note on Music of the Night. He can't hit it. It's his one job. No. It's so bad. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, that's our obligatory Joel only... Schumacher shout out. The Schumacher right. shout out. <laughs> Back to the cast fame. Schumacher shout My out. Own, the only musical I like is... Team America World Police. Yeah, I'm going to keep mentioning it on this episode. Well, it's got the best song ever, which is Pearl Harbor Sucks and I Love You. Yeah, that's it a great song. such a good song, and I think about it all the time. The montage song, love it. Even though they already did it in an earlier episode of South Park, mm-hmm. fine. You can recycle your material, Trey Parker and Well, Matt Stone. have you seen Cannibal the Musical, and how do you feel about it? I have not seen that, no. It's brilliant. It's there. It, you'll probably, if you like South Park Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, and, uh, and Team America... Then it's a kind of a trilogy. Oh hell yeah! It's it's got a lot of the same jokes, and you see where a lot of like really early jokes came from. And I'll watch yeah. it. It's very delightful. Cool. Oh, good guys. Good guys. <laughs> Love them. Friends of the cast. What about Book of yeah. Mormon? What's that? What about Book of Mormon? I haven't seen that either. It's fantastic. I, uh, I, haven't I don't seen have it. the money to go watch things on stage. What you have to do is start writing for a clickbait website and then just be like, hey, I'll write about it. And then hopefully they forget. Oh, cool. That's so... why I've seen a lot of shows for a lot of years. <laughs> Hire me, BuzzFeed. I did stand up on BuzzFeed once. And, well, I'll put the link in the comments. <laughs> it was an experience. I'm changed. Yeah. BuzzFeed I changed. Remember. I remember. BuzzFeed it. changed. <laughs> We haven't really talked about the plastics that much. No, we haven't. So we've got Regina George. Rachel McAdams kills it. She best. Yes. So good. I agree Crazy with that. Good. That's yeah. Which is weird because I'm never particularly drawn to her in anything else. But she just like I mean, all three plastics and I don't we were talking about this. I don't like Amanda Seyfried that much or Seyfried. I never like her in anything. No, besides but she's this. So I forget it's her because I like it. Yeah. She was in the Mamma Mia. What, uh, musical Ugh. movie, which was a what a bummer, absolute. Well, I mean, it's not a great musical, but no. like it's like Jukebox. it's yeah, it's a bad, bad, bad movie. And then uh, whoa, uh, Lacey Chabert, Eliza Thornberry, Eliza, Eliza Thornberry as a uh, Gretchen Wieners. She uh, Gretchen is my favorite plastic. Mine too. I think if there the, Gretchen is the closest I could get to connecting with a plastic of she is. Me too. She's showing up for the Jewish American princesses. It's <laughs> she like well because she's like she is a subordinate, but she's also just as smart as her boss, mm-hmm. as it were. And I, man, I just I have a real soft spot for Gretchen Wieners, especially when she does that speech about Julius Caesar and Brutus. That is where where I come closest to feeling for her. Of like, oh, she just really wants. But also, that's the makings of a monster 
if you give that person power. Right. Uh, but she never gets it because it goes to Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. Yeah. Lindsay Lohan's really good in this movie. This is like a... This and then she did Freaky Friday, kind of in the same year, and then Confessions she... of a Teenage Drama Queen. We start to lose oh, her. Oh, right. Yep. Then we start to lose her. And Harvey fully loaded. She's gone. The Canyons is next. Um, <laughs> wait, what's that? Oh, it's the movie she did with James Dean like three years ago. Ooh. The porn star. Uh, wait, I never was, saw like that. also a rapist. Jam- yeah, it's like it, uh, he's not a thing anymore. Man. No, he's a bad person. He's a bad man. Yeah. She did this movie, and uh, the the article that was I, maybe it was in the New Yorker. I'm not sure, but a really fascinating article by somebody who basically like hung out on set and like watched this travesty unfold. And Whoa. With, with I do feel for Lindsay Lohan. I think she's I oh, feel very bad for her. She's a casualty because she was delightful in a lot of these. Uh, a lot of the, I th- thought she was very very delightful in this movie. She's talented. I think she's, yeah. and and also I think that this is a and and this has nothing to do with feminism. <laughs> However, so many people shine in their roles that you don't usually see them shine in. And it's like, oh, this movie is very well written because there are so many actors that I'm very underwhelmed by in any other movie who I just this part is written perfectly for them. And then there's and uh, Amy Poehler, who's uh, just so start- Amy Poehler just starting to peak. 30 Rock hadn't happened. Parks and Rec hadn't happened. She's still on SNL at this point, I think. Yeah, she's still on SNL. And Tim Meadows is Great. maybe mm. the best part of the whole movie. Tim Meadows. His jokes, I think, rules. are the best. When he's like, I'll keep you here all night. <laughs> you can't keep him here past four. I'll keep you here till four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the first, uh, I have half a mind to cancel the dance. But we've already paid the DJ, so I'm not going to do yep. that. <laughs> just, and like, it's perfect. You don't have to give a speech. Most people just take the crown and walk off stage. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> also, um, just to objectify a man, as we great topless Tim Meadows scene, or maybe it's white. Oh, Peter I think he Tim wears. Meadows. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. felt. It's close enough. His arms. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's totally built for a comedian. He's toned. Yeah, I'm just like, what? He's a toned man. He doesn't have to be because he's a comedian, but um, don't tell him. Yeah. Hopefully he stays that way forever. <laughs> Good looking guy. Good looking man. Yeah. Um, oh, no, we're not passing the Bechdel test. <sighs> shout out to Tim. Listen, <laughs> sometimes you've got to be like, this man who could be my father has a nice bod. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think it's important for us to objectify men now and then. Yeah. So, yeah. It is magic a, Mike. A large part. Magic Mike. Oh, a large part of our podcast, honestly. Oh, because I want to rewatch Magic Mike. Oh, I also want to rewatch. I also want to. I also want to watch the sequel. I haven't seen it either. I wish you watch it. Yeah, that would be amazing. Wait, I have a fun fact about the Chippendales. Can I say it really quick? Please. Okay, so first of all, friend of the cast, Sophia Benoit. Uh, Love Sophia. She's the best. She's the the, hi Sophia. Hope you're listening. I say hi too. She's uh, (laughs) she saw the Chippendales not too long ago and was regaling me about all the amazing stunts and and I would oh god I would love to see the Chippendales live first of all second of all to the inventor of the Chippendales there was oh god I can't remember her name off the top of my head uh, murdered Playboy model. Um, I used to work at Playboy, so I knew a lot about this woman whose name I cannot currently remember. She was 20 years old when she was murdered. Uh, she uh, was 
in a bunch of Bogdanovich movies, or in at least one. Dorothy Stratton. Dorothy Stratton. She married... It's an amazing... It's a fascinating story. My favorite podcast, You Must Remember This, just did a really good episode. I love You Must Remember This. Yeah, she's the season finale of their Dead Blondes season. Anyways, she was murdered by her husband, who knew he was losing her to Peter Bogdanovich. In any case, her husband also invented the Chippendales. Even though he died in a murder-suicide, and it was a horrible, horrible, horrible person, it came out later that he had invented the Chippendales and uh, never gotten any credit for it. Hmm. I would just like to say that my favorite podcast is the Bechtel cast, and... Sorry! <laughs> you must remember this is no, a very good podcast! I, I will Maybe have pause to listen to it. Listen to it. It's, it's the, extremely the, good. The uh, Joan Crawford, Betty Davis From, run... So good. Was that well? It was all about Joan Crawford, but then mm-hmm. it had this like, which who's a very fascinating person. There's, yes. this, have you been watching Feud at all? I haven't, yes. but I need to. I Alfred love Molina. Shout out, love a good Beef Molina. Cake. Beefcake, beefcake. Look, I love a good Molina. Love I, the Molines. Oh God, give me more Molina. I read a think piece the other day of like Alfred Molina. Uh, he wasn't given enough to do. I'm like, well, no matter what, I agree. <laughs> I want him. Uh, what were we talking? Oh, so uh, that's what I know about the Chippendales. Why were we talking about the Chippendales? I Magic Mike, and then we were talking Magic about Mike. Tim Meadows being kind of built and objectifying men. Wow, six degrees, a real yeah. thing. While we're still <laughs> talking about male strippers, I'd like to shout out one of my top favorite movies of all time, The Full Monty. Oh, well, that was Love a musical too, starring Patrick Wilson. I actually saw it. Yes, yes. I saw like the off-Broadway version of it in State College, Pennsylvania, where I did go to college to get one of my two degrees in film. Oh, my God. I hate bringing it up. I really don't like to be the one to mention that I do have a master's degree in screenwriting. But, um, you know, sometimes someone just... So you're like the most qualified person to talk about this movie. Absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> no, you are. I have a... I have a uh, well, we, haven't, we never do our degree check-in anymore. But I they still... Know. I still just have... People One whose degree. favorite podcast in is public radio. The you have a degree cast? in public no. radio. Yeah, I went to Emerson. And they let you do that there. That's very cool. It was fun. Yeah, I didn't end up actually doing it, but it was fun. It was a, I have a BFA in TV writing, yeah. so I do not have. So I like have a degree, but like not not two. It's degrees. not all. Yeah, not two <laughs> degrees. Has any, so has anyone seen Hard Candy with Patrick Wilson? Yes. yes. I love that movie so. I saw that movie for the first time with it's a hard my movie dad. To watch, yeah, because Patrick Wilson gets castrated. Uh-huh. Like it's that's why it's hard to watch. He's also a pedophile. He's a pedophile, but also Ellen Page. I never. I don't know. I think because I, was I, Ellen I have Page's an equally big crush on Ellen Page, and like I did. Mm-hmm. Like we, I don't know how old she is in that that movie, but just in life, she's, Ellen Page. I just remember being fucking like floored by my she's cutting off his dick and my dad's sitting right there this is like why does your dad take you to see hard candy we watched it together on ifc why i don't know i do not know could not tell you first of all shout out to ifc second why did you guys screen this when jamie and her dad (laughs) (laughs) well i think i like walked in on my dad went through a real indie film phase which i think was he was just like well this is where they showed Breast on television. My dad's only <laughs> ever gone through a James Bond phase and really? movies about racing. My dad likes movies about race cars. Race cars. My dad. My dad writes about race cars. He contains multitudes. Really? My dad. That's my dad's like hobby. He's really into. Really? He drives race cars. Yeah. My my dad. Uh, he used to cover professional race car driving in New Hampshire. So what? I used to go with him when Would I was a kid. Do you know what what 
kind? What series or anything? Uh, I I it it was it was NASCAR and then it was also like Indy truck racing? driving. Oh, really? Yeah, I remember that there was I forget what her name was, but there was a female truck driver who I don't think ever was very famous, but she was like my hero when I was that's little, so cool because she was like this badass female pickup truck driver and we'd go and it'd be loud and I'd be scared, but then I get to touch her hand and it'd be exciting. That's awesome. Did you know once women in trucks? Raymond Bork kissed me. You know somebody named Raymond Bork? Yeah, he's a famous hockey player in the Boston Bruins. He's a legend. That's how what I would name a hockey player in a sketch. Right? Raymond Bork. Raymond Bork. Raymond Bork. And then once when I was a baby, there's a picture of me kissing my little baby forehead. Mm-hmm. And then my dad was like, that was more important than her baptism. <laughs> <laughs> Raymond Bork, kiss my baby. Your Borktism. <laughs> my Borktism. <laughs> Oh, shout out to uh, New England hockey fans. Anyways, yep. what what are we talking about? What's the podcast Who about? Who knows anymore? I'm Who enjoying myself. Knows. We, oh, it's yeah, the we Mike's both hard. had a Mike's harder. It's the Mike's harder. I'm very sober right now. But in regards to, I, I do like that they plant the idea in young women with this script that no one is just ever pure evil and Regina George is given some depth as to yes she is horrible and we see her do all this horrible stuff but then you see her home life and you see I don't know like when when I saw this movie for the first time the idea that a popular girl had insecurities was something that had truly never occurred to me Mm. Um, so in in that way I, I think that that was I think a positive thing for me of it doesn't justify the behavior in any way but it also is just like well everyone has their things that that they're concerned about and no one is as perfect as they whatever sure yeah I like that the main female characters outnumber the main male characters because if you're considering all the people yeah I mean between Katie, Janice, Regina, Gretchen, Karen, and then like Miss Norberry will throw in there. Those yeah. are like the main women. And then of the, and then you've also got like Regina's mom and Katie's mom. And then of the main male characters who like have the most screen time, it's really only Damien and Aaron Samuels. A little you've bit of Kevin, a little bit of Dad. Kevin, you've got, yeah, and, the, uh, Shane Omen. Principal. Coach Carr, yeah. the principal. Like, <laughs> But those are all more Coach secondary Carr. or tertiary characters. So uh, like. We should say Coach Carr is. Uh, we we're to assume a, a, a pedophile, yeah, and he rapist. Yeah, he's a rapist, um, which is hard because uh, they they you know they do not call that out, and and that's like a weird little subplot that is like, wait a second, like there's a there's a lifetime movie going on here, <laughs> like mm-hmm. where it's both racist and excusing a pedophile. That is one of the things that bothers me more about this mm-hmm. movie is these two characters they're basically treated as the same character and they don't really speak English so we never know and they're just like catty girls who are being you know manipulated by the same pedophile which is is gross to me because something like that happened in my high school by my middle school track coach uh, fortunately I was a little bit too young to be his type but it's mm-hmm. but no, it's we just had, we had a uh, yeah like we it's have somebody had like that too. I don't know. Like the the way that that very very tiny storyline is handled feels like normalizing that in a way that like that's never resolved and it's almost like you know the coach looks silly like I've been caught and but the girls look silly too and it's like no they're yeah. they're they're the victims of this 
grown man who has the really funny scene about don't have sex. Right, exactly. Ah, but they're like, look ah. at the hilarious irony where he's the guy who's like, never have sex or you'll die. And, and he's, he's raping sex children. Slash, yeah. <laughs> so that is, uh, that's one of, maybe my least favorite part of this movie. Because at least most of the storylines are problematic, but at least handled with a fair amount of humor and irony. But that one is pretty much just used as a joke. Yeah. Uh, down to the Tim Meadows line of like, step away from the teenage girl's coach mm-hmm. car. And it's just like, he's a rapist. Like, yeah. <laughs> yep. There's that. So throughout this, we're given the backstory that Janice Ian was teased and she's constantly being called a lesbian and a dyke and all this stuff. And then her moment of redemption is when she's standing in the gym scene where she's like, I guess it's because I have a big lesbian crush on you. So where it lands is being a lesbian is still like not good. And Janice, it turns out, which, you know, is not a big deal. She, She is not a lesbian or she's. You know, we, we're never given the exact story, but right. the, the, where, the way that subject is left is she treats being called a lesbian very sarcastically. Right. And it's an insult the way it's... Because every time Damien's like, oh, this is why she hates Regina George so much because she spread this rumor in eighth grade about... And then she's like, no, don't say it. Like, yeah, the idea of like anyone might thinking that... Uh, she is a lesbian is but horrifying again, to is, her. This is Bush is, administration where that truly could have made, you know, it, right. it made people social. It made me a social pariah briefly of like, wait, she might be a lesbian. What? You know, and oh, it's wow. just, it's, it's, it's bad. It's bad. Does anyone have any final thoughts about the movie? I still like it. I know that it hasn't aged well in all respects, but mm, I still like it. It's, it's still entertaining. <laughs> Does it pass the Bechdel test? Sure does. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Sure does. There are a lot of scenes where women are talking about a man, um, but there's a lot of scenes where they're not. Um, Janice and Katie talk about other women. <laughs> they talk about the plastics a lot. A lot. They talk about Regina George a lot. They talk about, but then they also talk about like friendship and, and uh, you know, things like that. Katie and Ms. Norberry talk about math. <laughs> Uh, the plastics talk to each almost other. A jo- it sounds almost like a jokey pass of the Bechdel test. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the plastics talk to each other about, you know, clothes, about their bodies and how they're ashamed of them to some degree. Things like that. So plenty of scenes where the movie passes the Bechdel test. So, hey, that's cool. Yes. Um, we can rate the movie on our nipple scale. Let's do it. We have a scale zero to five nipples where we rate the movie based on its portrayal of women. I'm going to give it. Uh, I'm going to give it three and a half nipples for the reason that I think that it's a you know it is not the feminist bible. It's a good place to start for young girls, particularly girls growing up at this very specific time. I think that it started a lot of important conversations, even though it didn't handle everything perfectly. Just seeing a major Hollywood movie with mostly female leads is important. Does not do great with race. This is not a very diverse movie. It certainly has its shortcomings, but most, uh, but by and large, for your your average teenage girl, I think it is a good place to start and it is a good movie to be in the world and it also makes me laugh a lot um so i'll give it three and a half nipples two of them belong to miss norbury uh one belongs to tim meadows the one you can see poking through in <laughs> the gym scene and then uh, the last half belongs to anna gassner because i love her yeah. yeah i don't get to see her enough in movies mm. so 
I think I'm gonna. I'll go. I'll skew down a bit and I'll give it three nipples because while they all sort of redeem themselves at the end, it's just a movie of like ninety minutes of you're a slut, you're a whore, I'm a whore. We're all shitty and you're a bitch and I'm a bit and bitches and just like a lot of just women mistreating each other. And I know the point of the movie is to be like, don't be like this. But I don't know. I think if this movie was remade or a similar movie was made today, I would hope that it handles a lot of the things that this movie does not handle well. I would hope that it handles those things better. So, hey, I'm looking forward to that movie. Maybe I'll write it. Maybe I'll use my master's degree in screenwriting for for good for once in my use it for life. Good. You use it for good all the time. Oh, thanks. Every time we turn on the mic. Oh. And every time we good. open a mic's hard. Ha! Woo! True. And so, yeah, three nipples. Um, two of them belong to Aaron Samuels. Wow. Who I looked up on Twitter and I was like, man, this guy is still cute. So good for him. Not surprised. <laughs> he yeah. seemed he seemed like a lifer. Right. <laughs> uh, and then the third nipple I'm gonna give to Damien because love Damien. I like. Oh, I will say that I liked that uh, he and Janice wear the same like purple tuxedo. I like that she sort of subverts. Oh yes. The you know the typical. Oh, I'm a woman. I have to wear a dress. No, she's gonna wear a tuxedo. I also think. just uh, man. When Damien sings "Beautiful," <laughs> that oh, is a great moment. And he pelts the shoe yeah, back at them, <laughs> and then he so gets when he gets a shoe thrown at him, and then the, he wails it right back at the guy. Oh, the other thing I like about this movie that I I noticed is that um, the reason that they move from Africa to Evanston is that it's her mom who gets tenure at Northwestern. Not her dad, her mom. Oh, I forgot that detail. Yeah, very interesting. Very quick, uh, easy. To and if we're detail. talking beta males. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Katie's dad was the, with that great I'm gonna line about do, being start a podcast called "Talking Beta Males," where it's always two women and there's a man sitting there, but he doesn't talk. But he doesn't, or he's, he's like allowed on to pipe mic, in, but he can barely talk. Yeah, right. And you're just like, you may no, totally fine. We're gonna, we'll just keep going. You, I turn to Kishla, go, you may hang speak in, now. Yeah. hang in. Yeah, <laughs> you may speak. Do you? That's have our podcast. Whenever we have a male guest, we only allow them to speak whenever uh, we remove the muzzle from their face. Right, right, right. Very steampunky kind of muzzle. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> No, okay. Oh, just uh, episode reminder. Steampunk, no. No no steampunk. We don't tolerate steampunk here. Yeah. The final prejudice. (laughs) Stands. No steampunk. Jenny, would you like to rate the movie? Well, the thing is, like, I really, like, I I don't think I can be objective in any way. I love this movie, and it's like... It's also like we didn't even talk about what kind of a cultural touchstone it's been as far as like Mean Girls quotes like oh, it's are a, a defining characteristic of movie. Meme Factory. And uh, here's what I'll say: I don't know that this is a great portrayal of women, but I think that this is a great portrayal of white wealthy suburban teenagers <laughs> in the Bush era. This right. is a very faithful portrayal of that specific kind of woman. Mm-hmm. If but we see so much of that, if we're just Let's talking about else. that, then it's five stars or five nipples mm-hmm. but now it's like two nipples and that's all i think this movie is but yeah it it is not diverse mm-hmm. it is uh not particularly sensitive about women's issues but it you know we have over a decade of other movies that have been made because and in in the wake of mean girls and we have right. over a decade of feminist media that's been made kind of in the wake of Mean Girls. This was at the time a really important and groundbreaking movie mm-hmm. because we did start, I feel like, having conversations about like 
the genuine complicated feelings of teenage girls. Well, yeah, we're like Only both of us. Recently. That was like the context we were brought into the movie of like starting a discussion with teenagers hmm. and their mom. Like no matter because like there misguided. were a lot of teenage movies before that, but I think a lot of them were like dudes trying to fuck in high school, and like there just wasn't a lot of movies about like girl on girl bullying until right. this movie. Like that did seem like Heather's was the other one, but Heather's has a whole other set of things going on. Heather's is very unrealistic and I felt like Mean Girls was kind of a movie that yeah. did more speak grounded. to me. I feel like I feel like the generation after us will be able to see Mean Girls clearly and have more the way that I feel able to separate myself from Heather's someone a generation after me will be able to separate themselves from Mean Girls but it, yeah it's like too it's too embedded mm-hmm. in I feel kind me. of that way about Clueless too where it's like I'm sure if I could step back from it I'd find things to dislike but as is I think it's um right a literally perfect film <laughs> Clueless is literally perfect hey listen to that episode of ours I guess I, had you guys not already done it that is a thousand <laughs> yeah. percent because I can recite that movie and that's a really? thing I can only do with one movie oh. yeah I know what you're thinking is it's like an axioma commercial or what but I actually have a way normal life for a teenage girl <laughs> I mean I get up and I pick out my school clothes Daddy's a litigator. Those are the keep it rolling. <laughs> keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. <laughs> Even Lucy, our maid, is terrified of him. No, uh, he gets paid five hundred hours dollars an hour to fight with people, but he fights for me with, with for, me for, for free because I'm his daughter. That sounds right. Yep. That's impressive. That sounds right. Caitlin can do that with Pirates of the Caribbean. Yep. Really? Uh, embarrassed to admit, I can do that with probably fifteen different movies. Back to the Future being one of them. I can do that um, with the Jinx. The Jinx. With the, the Robert Durst documentary? Yeah. yeah. That's fucking amazing. You, people don't like you when you shave your eyebrows. You look weird. <laughs> <laughs> End of episode. Well, we're all friends now. Um, we did it. And, and we're not mean girls to each other. We're nice. You guys are Maybe delightful. Maybe it's because we're all in our 20s. All of us. Not None of us are about to be 31. It's just, we're all... Caitlin's triggering herself. <laughs> You're going to be okay. No, I actually am very proud to be almost 31 because as a woman of advancing years, uh, I feel oh great God. about it. <laughs> You're a- 31 is not advancing. A woman of advancing years. You're a, you're a badass person and you're great. Thank you. You don't need to call yourself advancing. <laughs> I mean, they're advancing. You are. I mean, you're advancing. and uh, We're all advancing. We're all advancing in our, in our ways. Yes. I'm 14 years old and I feel great about it. You're doing so well for a 14 year old. I'm so excited to be born. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Anything Thank we you. would like to plug? Or, or is Where there, can we find you? Yeah. Just follow me on Twitter at Jenny Jaffe. Perfect. We will. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. Bean Dad, The Dress. 
30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.